Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sherry Arsenault of Alberta lost her 18-year-old son Bradley when he and two friends were killed by a drunk driver in 2011. Three manslaughter convictions. The drunk driver has a parole hearing coming up on November the 15th. Sherry has to provide her victim's impact statement to him, the drunk driver who killed her son, before the parole hearing so he can analyze it. He's also allowed to have a lawyer. She isn't. Hi, Sherry. I, this Hi, must, good afternoon. This just has to be so hugely difficult for you to continue this this fight where the people in the official end of things don't even listen. Well, it seems, you know, nobody listens. You know, any anything that has to do with government, they just don't listen. And that's right from the justice system to Corrections Canada to the parole board. You uh, you told me that this, this individual who killed your son and his two friends, uh, Jonathan Pratt, right? Mm-hmm. He's never apologized, has he? He has never at one one time in, and he's had many opportunities to express remorse. He's he's never apologized to the victims, and not once ever. So now on November the fifteenth, he has a parole hearing. What's he asking for? Well, at this parole hearing, and it is his second one, he is asking for full parole, and or day parole. So I expect he'll get one or the other, most likely. is a very good chance he will get full parole, because most do. And what's his life been like uh, up to now? What, what's, uh, is, is, he, uh, is he incarcerated? Uh, he's not incarcerated 24 hours a day, is he? No, no. He was, he was sent to prison for, you know, it's like you mentioned uh, speaking with the judge. The sentence imposed was eight years. But within mere months, maybe three, four months, he was in minimum security, which is basically a bungalow, you know, a four-bedroom bungalow complete with kitchen TV, where he is required to get up and do, go to work every day and come home. And that is exactly his life, not unlike most Canadians, to tell you the truth. Uh, he, he, it, it, prison is not what we think it is. You know, the only thing he is missing is maybe a little bit of societal freedom. And this has been going on pretty much for his entire sentence? Pretty much the entire sentence. I mean, he had the right to request temporary absences. He had the right to even request to change prisons to be closer to to his family. And everything is granted. He also has the right... And uh, I found out about this a few years ago through someone else who was appearing at a parole hearing, and you've, you've corroborated this. He has the right to see and read your victim's impact statement before the parole hearing ever takes place. Right. Uh, yes, they, you know, they actually give you a deadline where they want it submitted. And, and I mean, anybody out there who's ever lost someone to a horrific crime knows how hard they are to write. They're they're almost they're just extremely difficult and you feel like you're you're almost writing to justify your sorrow and grief. You know, you're trying to prove I, I really am, you know, grief stricken. That's and you're writing to two parole board members 
but the truth is the offender has its legislated right is to he can study read and analyze them anywhere from weeks to months before the actual hearing he can get advice on them he can even have a lawyer present with him at the hearing to you know to help him you can't i am not allowed to say a word i am not allowed to deviate one different word from what was written and also what is written i forgot to mention is also edited it can be hacked and whacked by the poll board if there's something in there they don't like how i said or they can they can edit your victim impact statement too so it's it's your victim impact statement pending approval of the parole board exactly it's um it's heartbreaking and like i like I said, it, it, at this point, it feels like I'm writing to justify my grief. And, you know, time time does not and, and never will lessen the grief. And, and, it's, and, and you're under the pretense that if you can write a powerful statement or if you can somehow express your grief and the emotional impact, maybe they'll keep them behind bars or in prison just a little bit longer, maybe closer to the sentence that the judge actually imposed. In the condo unit. In the condo unit. And in fact, it is just an exercise. It's just an exercise that apparently I'm I'm supposed to be grateful for. I've heard victims, uh, family members who are victims as well, of uh, another member who was killed by a person who's in prison. I've heard them say, I've heard the victims say, family members say, time and again, they almost felt as though they, they, were, they were being treated as though they were a nuisance. He was. You feel like, you know, I mean, I mean, first off, they make you jump through hoops to go to even attend the poll hearing. You have to get a criminal check. You have to... You have to, you, wonder, you, have to, you have to get a criminal check. I had to get a criminal check, and, and any, any of the victims, or if you bring a support person, we all have to have a criminal check just to, just to attend. So once that's approved, you, are, you go through security, and you're kind of hidden in a little room. Uh, in my case, it was like their staff lunchroom. And, they, and they, you cannot even go to the washroom or get a drink of water without being escorted. And then they shuffle you into the room where the hearing is, where you sit way at the back. You can barely hear a word being said. While the offender, his family, they all surround him, and you sit at the back, and all you do is see their ears. You see the ears of the person who killed your child or your, your loved one. It's just awful. So it's it, just awful. It's it's heartbreaking on all accounts, but yeah. you know it's the only thing that we have, and yeah. and so I I truly always worry about people who or other mothers who can't articulate themselves. How did they do it? You know how how it would be so difficult, and I understand why a lot of people just don't bother. They just don't bother with this part of the process. You know, you said to me, uh, we, we spoke with you, it was about three weeks ago, right? Three, four weeks ago? Yes, about three, four weeks ago. When you attended the parliamentary hearings on that omnibus legislation that uh, mm. is changing so much of the, or is designed to change the justice system, not to, not to f- fairly treat, with you, to tr- treat you, but you, you sat 
and 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 when you were when you were presenting, a certain liberal MP was fiddling with two mobile phones and totally ignoring you. Yeah, I, I mean, every time I've gone, I feel I feel like our current government, our liberal government, does not want to hear from victims. Victims, to me, seems the farthest thing from their mind. Their their compassion is mostly with offenders and and what what can we do to make it better for them and you know right now you know as far as i can tell for the last 30 years they have made our prisons cushy it's a cushy place to be there's many seniors homeless people that would not believe how cushy it is in there were you treated uh, more decently and we haven't rehearsed any of these questions we, we exchanged no. uh, some emails about the about the fact that uh, concerning the victims' impact statement and that the that this Jonathan Pratt gets to see it before you uh, present it. We'll take a break in a second, but we never we didn't rehearse any of the questions. Were you treated any differently, any better by when when, uh, when the conservatives were in power? Or was the system just as just as dismissive of you as as it is with the liberals in power? Well, you know, when the conservatives were in power. I was able, you know, I did a lot of letter writing, and and I have a a, a Marquita Collius out of BC that's, you know, been working her butt off too. We were able to meet with Rob Nicholson when he was justice minister, and then also with uh, Mr. Peter McKay when he was justice minister, and all of them gave us all the time we needed to express our concerns, uh, you know. they listened to us to see what we were trying to say and trying to do. And it was just right before the new government was elected that a bill was introduced that was actually everything we asked for and more. And it was a fair bill and it was a good bill. And and it's for public safety. It's nonpartisan. But since the Liberal government got was elected... I there's no one that will really even get back to me by letter, by phone, by anything. So you haven't met with uh, Jody Raybould Wilson, the justice minister, then? No, and I've been trying hard for about three and a half years. I, I briefly met her she's for busy. about five minutes, but yes, she's very busy. And yeah. I've been in Ottawa three, four times. Uh, she's been in Edmonton a couple times, but still, I... Can't, she can't seem to find 15 minutes yeah, she must be busy. for me. So she must be very she busy. She must be really too busy, Sherry. Um, how does this impact on the, on the victim? On the, on, you're the mum. Uh, this is your son. There's three families involved here. And the three well, families are dismissed. It's, you know, it, my son may not be on, on this earth anymore, I guess you could say, but I feel like I'm his voice because he has no voice. He had no say in anything. And, you know, just victims are re-victimized from the second, second these tragedies happen, you know, and it's, and then everybody tells you, oh, sorry, Sherry, that's just the way it is. You have to, you know, change things through legislation so then you try that, and you try that, and you try that, and it seems like 
you know, what, what, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to make someone listen? You know, what crosses every person's mind that lost someone, you know, to the actions of an impaired driver, it's our number one crime, you know, that causes death. And we always, we say it and then we can't believe we said it, but does a politician have to lose their child so horrifically? What would it take? And, you know, I, I hate saying that out loud, but it crosses our minds. I'm sure it does. And the fact is that it could be anybody. It could it be could anyone's be. family. If if another person's family or child had been where your son was at that moment, we may be talking to that, that parent now. So Absolutely. no one is immune from this. And nope. there has to be there there has to be there has to be societal retribution. There has to be a, a, a penalty paid, an appropriate one. And five years, Sherry, is not asking too much. No, not considering the early parole eligibility yeah. that that our system has. And and you know, it's not that I want to throw away the key. It, it's I don't believe there's meaningful rehabilitation in yeah. our prisons, and I want to deter. I want to deter people from doing, yeah. committing this crime I, in the first place. I have to stop you just again. Yeah, we run out of time. But I, I do, I, I will talk to you again after the after the parole hearing. And and uh, you take good care. Lots of people on your side. Lots of people on your side. Well, thank you, Roy. We All, all us victims of crime, we thank you for your oh. efforts so much. You're more than welcome. Sherry, take good care. Thank you. Sherry Arsenault. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.